Hi, good day, my friends. Welcome back to Agape's podcast on the book of Psalms. And today we'll be reflecting on Psalm 119. Psalm 119, and we want to focus on verses 1 to 8. Now, Psalm 119 uh, was actually arranged in what we call an acrostic pattern. And this basically means that each, each uh, section of the psalm it, uh, starts with the Hebrew alphabet. And since there are 22 Hebrew alphabets, Psalm 119 has actually 22 sections and of uh, 8 verses each, which technically speaking, it made it the longest psalm in the Bible. According to Bible scholars, Psalm 109 is um, likely to be a compilation of writings. Uh, this is because you will notice that from the beginning to the end of the psalm, there are really no definite uh, flow of thought, although there are similar emphasis like on the Word of God, right, on judgments, uh, on how we are to be steadfast in reading uh, the Bible and so forth, right? But rather, you will see that each, each of the section, it seems to be put together through a period of time. Therefore, when we read this psalm, it'll be good to actually read it in sections rather than trying to, you know, ascertain some kind of a thought process from beginning to end. So for this podcast series, I will try to focus on Psalm 119 for the next few weeks and let us see where the Lord leads us from there. Okay? Let us now read the psalm. Psalm 119 verses 1 to 8. Verse 1. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame having my eyes fixed on all of your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God indeed. We can see that Psalm 119 starts with a very important word and the word is blessed. And you will encounter this word um, as we read through this psalm in the next few podcasts as well. Now, what does the word blessed mean, right? What does it mean, for example, to the 21st century Christian? Is it the same as a fellow Christian during Jesus' time? I suspect that sometimes the meaning is really lost in translation, right? Um, here in the context of Psalm 119, the word blessed actually comes from the Hebrew word asha. Asha, which basically means to be happy. Now, what does it mean to be happy? Right? Biblically, to be happy means to have contentment, to have peace, to have joy in the Lord. And you can find this, uh, for example, in the epistles where Paul talks about this as well, about what does it mean to be contented. Or you can find this in the Old Testament. What does it mean to be happy? It might be very different, actually, from what the world things about happiness uh, in this current day and age. And it is also different from uh, the Hebrew word Barak, uh, which uh, is being used in some of the psalm to be translated as blessed 
to be blessed as well. Okay, but so in the context of Psalm one one nine, no, the Hebrew word barak, which usually uh, it, it just basically means having divine favor from the Lord, so it's quite different from asha, which in the context of Psalm one one nine, blessedness blessedness uh, basically means about having inner joy of the Lord. It might have some relationship with divine favor, like the word barak. But it is not the emphasis. It is not the emphasis of Psalm one one nine when we talk about blessedness. When we talk about being blessed, right? Okay. So let us keep that in mind first as we go through the rest of the verses. And the psalmist was saying that blessedness, being blessed, can be had, as the as verse one suggested, when we choose to walk in the law of the Lord and be blameless. And walking in the law of the Lord, uh, it certainly means to be uh, more than just studying the Word of God. It means more than just knowing the Word of God. It means uh, practicing, right? What God is saying to us. It means putting the truth of God in application uh, into our own lives. And this suggestion is similar to verse two, which points to the keeping of God's testimonies, all the Word of God, and better still. Uh, the psalmist is saying that blessed is the one who seeks after God with his whole heart. And the repeated advice given to us is that we should seek to do no wrong. Right? Uh, we seek seek to be blameless, blameless, because that in itself is a blessing. And we can we know that we can we can uh, strive for this uh, only in the grace of God because of Jesus. And we will be blessed because of that. And why not? Because if we think about it, not only will we enjoy the pleasure of God with a pure heart, right? We are likely to know how to treat people in the right way as well. Now, as we go further, verses four to five urges that uh, we should be diligent again to keep the word of God, and it implies that while we have the grace of God in our lives. It implies that salvation, you know, although uh, it's not by works, that the Christian journey uh, is not one of laziness or sloth or just you know sitting back and do nothing. Rather, we are urged to make an effort with the strength given to us, right, by God, to pursue God's precepts and statutes. And this also means that uh, we need not disdain against spending a considerable amount of time studying the Bible. But what we can watch out, watch out for, is that it does not, of course, turn into a form of worship. Meaning that, uh, you know, it turns into that we are worshiping the Bible rather than the God of the Bible. No, is that's not the intention. And thankfully, this is addressed by the psalmist in verses six to eight, who actually cry out to God Himself that the intention of, or rather, His intention of being steadfast in the Word, is really to uphold righteousness and having a heart to. Praise God to glorify Him, right? So the goal of memorizing scripture verses, the goal of uh, intense Bible study, daily devotions, is really to glorify God with our lives. It is not a feel-good activity, but rather, as the psalmist suggested, as an act of worship from a God-fearing heart. You see, at the end of the day, the psalmist's reverence and love of God. Uh, it pulled him 
towards having a very serious view of the Bible. He knew the benefits of being steadfast in God's word. But the main thing that pulled him to want to know God more is God himself, right? And that, I believe, should be really the intention, the motivation, the conviction of every believer when we choose to keep the very word of God in our lives. Now, how do we relate to this reflection that we have just made of these eight verses? Now, my, my relation to this is this, that uh, I was just thinking, we, you know, we live in a world of uh, information overload and we overconsume information as well, I think sometimes. You know, we consume so much of uh, information on a daily basis. Sometimes we don't even think much of them. You know, after we get them into our minds, we just open up our minds to, to the constant feeding, not analyzing, but just feeding on them. And sometimes I think the result might be that we are increasingly building up for ourselves an almost um, really bad habit of reading any type of literature. You know, we then have the tendency to just gloss over, we skip them, you know, skip some parts. You know, we prefer to get so hyped up for the introduction and we are so eager for the conclusion that we missed out or we missed out, you know, processing any kind of information that is on our hands. It is as if we are living our lives uh, in such a fast-paced world that we need to compress all forms of literature into TikTok feeds. And sometimes, if you think about it, it is how we read our Bible, isn't it? You know, we consumed it but we did not process it. We read it, but we seldom question our motivations for reading it in the first place. We gloss over. We're thinking that it is all right, you know, as long as we do our so-called daily routine of Bible reading. I mean, sure, we all need to start somewhere, but uh, I think a good habit um, of reading the Bible is really not uh, something that is done out of guilt, uh, to be done mindlessly or even just a need to fulfill a duty, but it is something that is done with deep reflection, something that is done with uh, patience, with processing it with the Lord, with making it a priority in our lives each and every day. Of course, to do this is challenging, right? With uh, many things that's going on in our lives as well. But I think what Psalm 1 and 9 is really saying, right? Even right from the beginning, just the few uh, verses right from the start, is talking about a priority of having an undisturbed time with God in His Word. And that is the key to having a blessed time to having a blessedness as suggested by this psalm, to having that joy, that contentment, that peace with God each and every day. And that is uh, one of the um, reflection and relation that I have. And the other one is that, um, is that I thought it's quite sad, you know, sometimes when we hear remarks, even from well-known preachers that, you know, I don't know whether you have heard about this, that you know, it is not so much about the knowledge of the word, but knowing Jesus that is enough, that is adequate. You know? um, and that often, I think, gives people the impression or the excuse to neglect the reading and studying of God's word. And sometimes we even hear this phrase so often that we feel apologetic 
uh, trying to read our Bible or to go for intense Bible study. We think that, you know, just, uh, you know, some of these preachers just said, you know, talking to Jesus will do. Having a conversation with Him will do. But if we think about it, how do we talk to Jesus if we do not know who He is? If we do not know His Word? How do we discern that we're hearing from God in that conversation, so-called? Or are we hearing ourselves most of the time? How do we interpret what is told if it's indeed from Jesus? Do we interpret just based on the sermons from the preachers? Because let us not forget the preachers are human beings. They need guidance from somewhere as well, right? Because the Word of God, Jesus himself did tell the disciples in the Gospels to abide in him, yes, but also to abide in his Word, right? I mean, sure, we do not want to end up worshipping the Bible or to be so uh, uh, um, um, prideful that we know so much of the Bible. No, we, we do not want that. Right? But we want to also want to discern, we want to know the Word of God. And we should allow the Word of God Right uh, to really fill our lives. And we can have that with the Spirit in our lives to do what is good and right. And as Psalm 119 suggested, to live a life that is holy. right, And that will glorify God, really. So my friends, even as we continue to read this uh, beautiful Psalm, let us be encouraged to meditate, really, uh, perhaps for today, on our intention. Right? Why do we want to read the Bible? Right? To meditate on our intention to want to read the Bible. Let us be like the psalmist, right? That knowing and being steadfast in God's word is really to glorify God with living out a life that is blameless. That is true. Let us pray. Lord, indeed, we thank you for the word uh, of God in our lives. We thank you for giving us this guidance, for giving us this compass to navigate life with. Life is not easy. Life can be so tough sometimes. But Lord, we thank you that you have given to us yourself, you have given to us your word, you have given to us your spirit. Indeed, all the resources that we can have, the divine resources, so that Lord, we can not just navigate through life, but we can live life victoriously. We can indeed live a blameless life and so enjoy you so much in intimacy and forevermore. We thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.